0: excellent to each other, and party on, dudes! Hello CJSR listeners, welcome to Moving Radio. My name is Lindsay Campbell and I'm your host today. I'm a regular contributor and I've been contributing to Moving Radio for about a year now. This month, for the month of May 2020, I'm going to take over this entire episode, i'm recording right now from my home not too far from the studios at cjsr but i'm not actually at the studio because of covid so today on moving radio i wanted to talk a little bit about the impact of the coronavirus on film festivals this is a big big issue in april i was supposed to go to belfast to visit my best friend i was going to go with my mom and we were going to attend the 20th annual belfast film festival obviously the festival and my trip were both canceled. So I've been thinking a lot about this. So one of the first things that happened after my trip was canceled, obviously, was that I heard from the Belfast Film Festival. They were kind enough to say that because I was coming from North America, that they would happily give me a free pass to any future film festival to make up for the cancellation. So that was very nice of them. I'll probably take them up on that next year. So that'll be, that'll be fun, I'm sure I'll get to go next April for the Film Festival. Another thing that they did was that they announced that they would be presenting all of their shorts programs uh, available on the internet to stream for free from anywhere around the world. So it took place over two separate days. They did first a 24 hour access and then they decided to add another 24 hours. So you had uh, two days to, to look at all of the Belfast short films from the Film Festival. These were fantastic, I was able to watch all of them. This included five shorts programs as well as a program of the competition winners. All of them were fantastic. They were all Irish films, they were fantastic. I'm a big, big fan of Irish cinema. So as much as I'm very sad that I had to miss the film festival, it's okay because I'm not the only one that missed it. We all missed it. Moving forward, it'll be interesting to consider how the virus impacts the film industry including film festivals there have been a lot of delays and cancellations in regards to film festivals both south by southwest and can had to be cancelled um i think they're still saying that can has been delayed but it's been cancelled it's not happening this year as far as we know and south by southwest was the first one to get cancelled and that was a huge blow to many of my friends who work on the film festival circuit as well as many of my friends who are filmmakers some of them indeed had stuff in the program for South by Southwest this year it's all canceled now so that's kind of sad how do we get to engage with new cinema when we can't go to the cinema well a lot of film festivals have been putting forth new ideas to test out or at least to sort of patch things over until the next one For instance, South by Southwest, they have collaborated with MailChimp and they are providing their entire, like their complete shorts program. This includes the documentary shorts, the narrative shorts, Made in Texas shorts, high school shorts. They're all on there for free to watch. I highly recommend it. South by Southwest is also going to do a 10-day virtual film festival in May. Unfortunately, it is only available on Prime in the United States so that kind of sucks but if you're in the states or if you know how to circumvent your way around prime and you can access american prime you could check out the 10-day virtual film festival that they're presenting at least they're presenting it you know yes we miss out here in canada but it's nice to know that they're trying to at least engage with the audience that is out there disappointed they can't physically go to the film festival and they're also giving that exposure to the filmmakers and the um, production companies the distribution everything that's involved with that here in edmonton northwest festival our documentary film festival that comes around every may has also been cancelled what they've done this year is they're going online from may 8th to may 15th all films are made available to stream Going forward, bigger film festivals such as Cannes are collaborating with other film festivals to present a free online film festival from May 29th to June 7th. That's called We Are One. The We Are One online film festival is a 10-day digital film festival coming up at the end of May that includes 10 partners collaborating to provide free streaming to cinema fans around the world. This is programming from... 20 top tier film festivals, including Cannes, Toronto, Sundance, Berlin, Tribeca, and Venice. Speaking of Venice, it sounds like Venice and uh, Telluride are both proceeding, and it also sounds like the Toronto International Film Festival is proceeding as planned. Those are a little bit later in the summer, the end of August, beginning of September. We'll see what happens, I guess. As far as the We Are One online film festival, this programming is a selection of feature films, shorts, documentaries, as well as music, comedy, and panel discussions. The only thing that they're asking for is that they're asking that viewers make small donations to uh, COVID-19 relief, which YouTube and Tribeca said will benefit the World Health Organization and local organizations in regions globally. There's some other virtual film festivals going on coming up right away at the end of May, out of Telluride, we've got the Mountain Film Festival. Those are more like outdoor shorts, mountain climbing, outdoor sports, as well as environmental stuff, a lot of stuff about climate change. So if you are interested in that, I'm, I, I haven't checked if it's geo locked or not, but for $75, you can access the entire Mountain Film Film Festival program. However, moving forward, virtual film festivals do not solve a whole host of problems. Today on the program, I had a conversation with my friend Lex McNaughton, who's a bit of a film festival expert. Here's something she said recently online, and this is a quote. She says, The focus is always on how we can support filmmakers. The problem with that is that's always the conversation. Film festival staff are constantly asked to work under minimum wage, without HR, without breaks, etc. And they do it all in the name of passion but that only works when everyone is in a healthy space to see them not included in most of the conversations now while typical is upsetting at this moment because they are some of the most vulnerable we're going to talk about the impact of covid on film festivals some of the larger impacts including the impact on staff and volunteers is of course on the film festivals individually you know themselves on the film industry as a whole It's got a huge impact on filmmakers and producers, particularly ones that are not attached to studios or who do not have distribution. Speaking of distribution, it's affecting distribution companies and sales. This can affect a lot of smaller Canadian distribution companies, so that's not very good. It also affects, obviously, film criticism, the critics, the media, the marketing, as well as, of course, the talent, we know that South by Southwest alone draws over 200,000 people. That includes the staff and operations in the production, as well as the full-time staff and the programmers, as well as the concessions volunteers and the ticket takers. That's a lot of people. 200,000 people does not just include the guests, the pass holders, and the talent. This also can affect, of course, as we're seeing in Edmonton, I'm sure Austin is suffering greatly right now, local businesses, the hotels, the restaurants, the catering. All the transportation, all of the things that go on with the around the the locality of the film festival, and of course the travel industry—that's a bigger impact. And one, uh, I read an interesting article on IndieWire specifically about how COVID and film festivals are impacting the upcoming awards season. So that's going to be really interesting in the later fall, uh, into early winter, midwinter. We're going to have to see what happens with the award seasons because a lot of the awards have rules about theatrical release, etc. So that's going to be interesting moving forward. There's been a lot of panels, articles, opportunities to join Zooms in order to talk about the future of Film Festival. At the end of April, there was the New York Women in Film and Television panel discussing how people and organizations are responding and reimagining ways to connect and support filmmakers and audiences. And they're exploring the possibilities of evolving out of this crisis to create a more fluid and far-reaching concept of what film promotion is, what audience engagement is, and about film distribution. So today, I'd like to introduce my friend Lex McNaughton. Lex McNaughton is the Career and Film Festival Manager at Loyola Marymount University's School of Film and Television. That's in California. She helps tailor career paths for film students, empowering them to make smart choices when navigating the industry, and forming pipelines with key industry players to give students access to internships and and jobs. Her specialty is working with students interested in freelancing, film festival strategy, and labs. Previously, she was the film education manager at Film Independent, where she produced high profile panels on the business and the craft of filmmaking. She created classes for filmmakers and ran incubator labs for LMU, Screen Australia, and the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. She has spent a decade working at major film festivals across North America. She started at True False Film Festival in Columbia, Missouri as a volunteer, and after seven years left as the manager of theater operations and volunteer coordination, where she oversaw nine venues and 800 volunteers. Other festivals she's worked at include Sundance, including Two Summers at the Sundance Labs, the Telluride Film Festival, where I know her from, South by Southwest, Tribeca, True False, Rooftop, Milwaukee, Chicago International, and the Hamptons International Film Festival. When she's not working on film festivals, she has worked in the production office for five seasons of America's Got Talent, and the first season of Celebrity Name Game with Craig Ferguson, as well as being in production on various other TV shows, including one of my favorites, Ghost Adventures. She's toured as a stage manager with David Arquette and Sherlock Holmes, and as a wardrobe supervisor for the national tour of Hairspray, the musical. I've known Lex since 2008 or nine. We've worked together in various capacities at the Telluride Film Festival, and we continue to attend and work or volunteer there to this day. Hopefully I'll be seeing her at the end of August. So I, I took the opportunity to speak with Lex specifically about the impact of COVID-19 on film festivals, and here is our conversation. Hi Lex, thanks for coming to talk to me on Moving Radio today. Thanks for having me. I'm talking to you in Los Angeles?
1: Yes, right, right by Venice Beach. Oh, very
0: good. That's nice. So I've known you for a long time and I know you because we've worked together and attended the Telluride Film Festival for a very long time, but I also know that you are kind of an expert
1: on film festivals. I try to be. (laughs) You are, you are. There you go, yes, own that. Um, Yeah, I've spent basically a decade bouncing around the U.S. uh, working at various film festivals all over the country. Mm -hmm.
0: And you also used to work for Film Independent?
1: Yeah, I was there for maybe four years, um, running a lot of panels and working with filmmakers and, um, you know, planning panels and talking about film and film festivals. And now I'm at LMU as their career and film festival manager, helping students, you know, transition from school into the industry. Sweet. So COVID, it's uh, putting quite, uh, it's, causing quite an effect on the film
0: industry in super many different ways. So, I thought we could maybe talk a bit about how it is affecting the film industry, like what you think, how you, what do you think the prognosis might be and all that. Um, I made a list of some things just to consider, so I was thinking like some of the implications would be <clears throat> delays and cancellations such as some South by Southwestern can, delaying things, postponing them. Also, a lot of the film festivals are trying to find new ways of, of giving their content out. Like I know South by Southwest is doing all their short films online free through Mailchimp, which is pretty cool. And Mountain Film and Telluride is uh, going online this year. But I think that the, I think that part of the conversation is being missed about the larger impact, including the festival staff, you know, the people who run the film festivals. So, like I know, in total, South by Southwest draws about two hundred thousand people, but a lot of those people are staff and volunteers. Telluride has a much smaller draw, but again, over seven hundred staff and volunteers. What do you, what do you think? There's like a there's a bigger picture. Like there's the festivals themselves, there's the staff and the volunteers, there's the industry, the patrons, the guests, the pass holders, the industry itself, the award season, the critics, the media, the marketing, the whole the travel industry, the local businesses. Yeah. It's kind of a big, a big issue. What, what do you think? What's going on? Can you well, enlighten us?
1: <laughs> it just sounds even just hearing you say it out loud and talk about the staff is just so unusual, right? Because yep. all the articles going on and the trades are really focused on what the studios are going to do and how big productions are going to get back to work. It's a very specific group of people. I think that work these film festivals, but you know, Even this Facebook group we have going is a couple hundred people, and that's just the people who, you know, a friend of a friend who know each other. So it is, I think, a bigger effect than we realize. And because so many staff members for festivals are freelance, you know, it falls into the pitfalls of being freelance in general, which is not having this collective group conversation. And they were already vulnerable because you're getting paid basically you know, it ends up being a stipend of sorts or, you know, minimum wage with no, in the U.S., no health insurance, no days off. So people who were pushing through it to get these festivals up um, in the best of health are now, there's nothing, you know, South By was the beginning of that. When it canceled, people had that job taken away and they would have gone on to do, you know, the next festival and the next, and that's all been pulled out from under them and the harder thing for I think is seeing that they're not really attached to any solid organization that exists year-round necessarily so when you lose your gig you're kind of just stranded and I haven't seen that many people advocate for festival staff um, and what they're going through. There have been a few great ones like Rooftop was raising money for their staff and trying to sustain and I get that we're all going through this big moment but it seemed like it made the more vulnerable people in the film world even more vulnerable and there's not that many platforms to talk about it.
0: I think that also people don't really quite understand uh, the extent to which staff volunteers are important to a film festival they might think oh it's the people that take your tickets and they give you popcorn but yeah. it's much bigger than that like for instance there's the pre-production Process in most film festivals like um, Sundance and Telluride, where they're physically building spaces to show films.
1: Yeah, I would say a lot of people don't see what's behind the curtain. And, you know, a lot of these systems feel like a summer camp almost like, get up, bring a bunch of kids in, uh, throw them all in a room, and, you know, spend a few months building this huge thing that is, you know, very significant to the industry. But on the back end, it's like being held together, you know, with a lot of pride, but like gum. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And that's not to say anything about their building, but it is the difference between like backstage and the green room is so significant. And um, while most festivals do a really good job at thanking their volunteers and highlighting them, I don't think many people know what it takes to put on a film festival and the What people are being asked to do at film festivals, even in terms of like, oh, if a theater is running all day, nobody's scheduling a lunch break. You know, very few film festivals are thinking about when their staff is going to eat. It's kind of up to them to advocate for themselves to find time and just some standards that you would expect in maybe an office setting that kind of get lost in translation on a festival level.
0: What do you think? So the coming up film festivals, they're still going to need the staff and the volunteers to run it, but they're talking about having you know fewer pass holders, or possibly having guests uh, come virtually. Like the, a lot of celebrities aren't going to want to show up in person, and they're going to have to consider you know skyping them into Q and A's and stuff like that. Do you? How do you think that's going to play for the pass holders and the people who don't really get what it takes to to put a film festival together?
1: You know, I feel like I've just entered into conversations about what festivals will have to look like, whether they, like, add more days so people can be spaced out more um, in terms of how many times eyes get a chance to see things on screens. The Skype thing, smaller festivals have been doing that already, and so I feel like that's not too uh, big of a bridge to build in terms of whether or not people show up. I, you know, I think we're still navigating that. I heard a studio person say that all festivals will be virtual from now on. And I'm just like, that's not the nature of people. Like people want to be around each other and experience stories together. And, you know, we've seen in the States, (laughs) people are eager to go back to the movie theaters. Obviously, uh, we want to do that when it's safe. I, you know, whether that's like hand sanitizer around and, you know, lines with more space so people aren't on top of each other, I don't know. But I haven't given up on the fact that I think people want to congregate and sit around the fire and hear stories. And that'll happen one way or another, but it might take some time to get there.
0: Yeah, I was reading an article in IndieWire this morning about sort of the impact of all of this on the award season. Like it was talking about film yeah. festivals in particular, but how film festivals affect the award season and all of that. And I know that both Venice and Telluride are pushing forward. And I believe that Toronto is also pushing forward, which is interesting. So we'll, I guess we'll see what happens with that. But I read in the article that one of the things they were thinking about was that they wouldn't really be having like critics and media anymore, that they'd just send them screeners, and <laughs> that they yeah. could just watch the, the Q&As like online or whatever. But I think that the number of staff and volunteers is still probably going to be the same i hope that this doesn't negatively affect the staff and volunteers experience of festivals going forward
1: i think when i if i were to look into it i would think the only reason it's affected are is uh, it takes a lot of money actually to even volunteer at a film festival like it's not your experience isn't completely covered you know They're not flying you out there. They might not be housing you. So to recognize that like being able to volunteer, be in a position to volunteer comes with a certain level of privilege. So I think it's going to take out some of the people who are just able to lend their time because of the economy. I don't like from the festival side, I'm sure they would love to go just as big as they have been going, but You know, festival sustainability is really important to me. And I feel like for the last few years, we've been kind of on the edge of like what is or isn't sustainable and asking people to do these long shifts and, you know, do it without being paid is asking a lot. I think some of those issues are just being shaken to the top um, and will have to be addressed. So, while this experience isn't great, I do think it has put some of the issues, especially people who have worked in film festivals have seen, we're going to have to deal with it now rather than later.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point that it, there's a lot of privilege that comes with uh, being able to volunteer, uh, whether it's locally or you're traveling somewhere. Like, for instance, I know that a lot of people house themselves for Sundance and travel themselves, and they travel themselves and they house themselves for Telluride as well. So that's a really good point. I'm just kind of wondering, like, I know that a lot of people from the staff and volunteer side are concerned that maybe what new, re- new rules going forward might uh, cancel out their part of the experience and then not really leave a reason to volunteer or staff. Like if they don't get to go to so many films, they don't get to, you know, participate in the more fun stuff that they get as like a trade-off for that free uh, labor that they're providing.
1: That's interesting. I hadn't really heard of that again, I think that feeds back to the conversation we were having about the volunteer and staff experience as it is. You know, recently, I'd say in the last few years, people have commented about the perks of film festivals and what that looks like over the last few years. And I think now when we're producing festivals, we have to take in that account, like, um, I know when I was managing volunteers for True False, it was very important to me that the volunteer experience was amazing and they were getting to do what they wanted to do because people t- people's time is valuable and we shouldn't just, um, they're not there just to work. They're there to experience the festival. So we can't really, from my point of view, you can't cut into that experience um, because that, that's the trade-off. You're not paying them, which is a whole other thing. So hopefully they do protect that experience, and I do think it's in film festivals' nature to appear big, to you know, over the top, cater to celebrities. But I do think it would be great if we can kind of take some of that posturing away, um, and so that it's more sustainable. So the lifts are more are easier for staff to do, and we're not trying to you know burden staff that it is being done in a sustainable way where everybody's getting the experience that they want to have.
0: So do you think that there, at the end of this is is, is there's a good prognosis for film festivals? Like, I know there's a lot of challenges going forward, and it's kind of uncertain. But do you feel like it's going to come back? Because I think I I agree with you, like people do want that communal experience of storytelling. And also, you know, they like the I saw it first kind of effect of film festivals,
1: and I saw so
0: and so in the line at Starbucks and all that as well.
1: Even in talking about those festivals that are, you know, going ahead right now, I think they have to keep going until they can't. And that's where we are right now. But I do think there's enough of us. Film festivals, to me, were never, like, the most logical thing to do. They take a lot of work and a lot of money and a lot of time. But I think the people who do them, there's a community based around it, and there's an enjoyment. And where there's a will, there's a way. But I do think it changes will come from this. Maybe that's, you know, better accessibility because now we're having to have a conversation about what it means to share links. And so film critics that couldn't access a film because it's in whatever theater can now, people are going to have to be more comfortable with how they're sharing that information. And I do think there's some good that can come from these conversations that we're having.
0: On the whole, do you feel like we're still going to have film festivals, right? (laughs) That's still going to happen, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. From the festivals I've worked at, they would never do anything until it is, you know, free and queer and everybody's safe. That might take us some time. I don't know, it depends on the hour for me and what news I've read on how I interpret, you know, the science of the situation we're going through. But in terms of people wanting to make it happen, uh, film festivals were never easy. So the people behind them are gonna make it happen.
0: I hope that going forward, like not too many more things are canceled for 2020, but they probably will be. Um, I know that the article I read this morning in IndieWire was, of course, about the Oscars in 2021 and how they cannot be canceled because it is too important in too many different respects and it affects too many things, including, you know, the business of of how movies get put out and all of that. But I think on the whole, I think it's going to be okay. I feel like it's going to be okay. Things have already been changing for quite a su- some time now with online streaming like Netflix and, and uh, Amazon. Yeah,
1: I think it's going to be okay. I Is feel it... like we want it to be okay. I really want so it to be I okay. I think it's going to be okay. You know, and I don't feel like we have a solution yet to what the alternative would be because even as you're seeing with South by, like certain films, like the shorts, they're, they're calling cards. People can play that wherever and it's exposure and it's good that they get out there. But some of these features, you know, they didn't just sign over to Amazon because they understand, you know, people did that for a variety of reasons, but I don't think just signing in To streaming service, signing up with them and giving handing over your film is necessarily the answer, and I don't think virtual film festivals are really the answer yet. We haven't seen it play out in a way that is equal to what would happen at a film festival for filmmakers when they start gaining that attention and exposure, and people are talking about them.
0: Yeah, I think that film festivals are, are vital to the industry and to everybody who is a filmmaker and involved in that community. Definitely. it's a a big picture. It's a very big picture and it's kind of scary.
1: It is. You know, I saw Effie Brown was on a panel like last week and she seemed, her tone was exciting to me because she was like, we're an indie, I'm an indie producer. Like this is what I do. You put obstacles in my way and I figure out how we work around it. And I'm used to doing it for little money and, you know, under supported and you make it happen. So when it comes to independent film, I feel like Those are the people who have the skills to figure the situation out and move past it. I couldn't agree more. Well,
0: do you have anything else you want to add that I've forgotten to ask you about or that you're you're burning to tell people
1: what you think? It's been great to talk about, you know, the situation other than the studio heads think because film is made up of a lot of people. And nowadays a lot of different people can make film. So I am eager to see what stories come out and, Shakeups not good in terms of loss of jobs and whatnot, but I do think it's allowing us to question how things have been going. And hopefully when we come back, we come back stronger and we can fully support some of those freelancers and other people who have been put in very vulnerable positions so that they're in a better spot moving forward. This has been Lindsay Campbell for Moving
0: Radio on CJSR 88.5 FM. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll look forward to having you next time.